everybody, and welcome to another episode of the BJJ Foxcast. I'm your host, Alex Martinez, and today we have a special guest, my good friend, Julissa Lizette, and we brought back Alex the Tojo Cray. So welcome, guys. Welcome to the show. By popular demand. By popular demand. Actually, a lot of the feedback I get is by popular demand. It's awful. Like, I'm going to have to cut you in on this stupid All one day. person in, uh, Ital- in Italy and Ireland. We, we have, uh, we have uh, Italy, we have Ireland, uh, France, Germany, uh, Brazil and Mexico listening. Yeah. So most of those are just people with VPNs. They're let's be real. I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> yeah, Listen, let care. me live in my own little world. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah, Julissa, cool. welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Sit a little bit closer yes. or pull the mic to you. That's fine too. Sorry, yeah, I'm a leaner. So. That's okay. Yeah, lean. You can lean back and pull that to you. Like a cholo. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, um, you know, I've been. I wanted to get you on the pod on the podcast because I think your story is one that a lot of people would like to hear. Um, you know. Um, Tell me, well, let's start a little bit where you're from and, yep. you know, and give me a little backstory on you. Of course. Okay. So I'm born and raised in Chandler, Arizona. Okay. So went to um, high school at Corona del Sol. And then my dad is from Guadalupe. So he's born and raised in Arizona. But yeah. My mom is from a little farm town in um, Mesquite, New Mexico. And then she moved out here with my dad. Um, but yeah, so I started. How, how, how did they meet? You know what? I don't really know because my dad, he's kind of dramatic. So like, he always has like a new story. But from my understanding. We just lost a um, listener, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. My dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got it? Oh, no. Hold on. You're fine. You're fine. Okay, okay. Yep. Um, from my understanding, I think they met when my dad was a bouncer and my mom was going out, you know, to like the disco club okay. back in the day. Right um, I think. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so uh, am I telling you how I got into jujitsu? No, just just um, you know, little little backstory. Um, yeah, so let's talk, let's talk about that. How did you okay. find jujitsu? Okay, so Daniel Rodriguez was the one who introduced me. Um, so Daniel and I, we grew up like literally in the same neighborhood. We went to elementary, middle school, high school. And then my senior year, I knew I wasn't going to play softball in college. And so I was like, okay, well, I hate going to the gym. And so I was kind of looking for, you know, something to like occupy my time. Yeah. And then Daniel Rodriguez, he would sit behind me in first hour and it was um, Miss Flick's class and he would always eat so healthy. Yeah. And, you know, I'd be eating like you know, Pop-Tarts and Frappuccinos. And then, you know, I would turn, like, behind me. I'm like, why do you eat so healthy? <laughs> and then he's like, I do jujitsu, And I was like, what the fuck is jiu-jitsu? And this is, is this dumb little white belt, uh, Daniel Rodriguez. Yeah. 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 So, so just so everybody knows, Daniel Rodriguez is a black belt, I believe, under Marcio Andre, right? Is that yeah. where he got his black belt? Well, I think, uh, I think Gustavo, Gustavo got it. Oh, yeah. Gustavo, okay. Yeah. But does he train with Marcio? Or does he yes. Train with, okay, yes, yes, yeah. Um. So, yeah, so he's like, I'm going to pick you up, and I'm going to take you to jujitsu, And I was like... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and this was when Paul was still at his first um, academy or whatever yeah. on Elliot and Dobson. Do you guys know? I wasn't school. there for that. Yeah, I missed yeah, that. I missed that. I missed that. You were like the Woo. first wave. Yeah. So yeah. I just remember, you know, not knowing what to expect. I was kind of like a girly girl, but I was a tomboy because I yeah. played softball. And so I just walked in and I'm like, um, the hell is there's <laughs> <laughs> like Aaron Wilson, Jose Bufanda, Brandon Walker, like some of, and then Jenny Larson was the only girl there. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Jenny Larson kind of kept, um, like, took me under her wing, and so I started, like, you know, just doing like the basics with her. And I mean, to be honest, at first I was like, 
kind of immature. Yeah. You know, like, like, like all, yeah. Literally, like, I'm like, how old were you then? I was 18. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. 18. So, of course, you're 18. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I, it took me a little bit to get used to it and like get past the whole like laughing and uncomfortable like positions and stuff. But then I kind of got addicted and yeah. then that's kind of where it started. That's great. And then I think, I don't know how soon after that, Paul moved into his space um, on Alma School in the 60s. Yep. Um, but it was not the, pl- the place he's right is right now, but where the PT is. Yep. Yeah, two, like two right doors down. down. It's yeah. on the other side of the PT. Yeah. I, oh. I don't even think there's anything in there. It, it was like a cabinet shop for like a little bit. I don't oh. know. Everything there is a front as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then that was the next place, and it was fun. Yeah. I think that's where I met you guys, or was it when we were at the next, nope. next door? No, we met there. Okay. Yeah. You so, were at the small one? Yeah. Oh, I that's thought, where I started. I thought you came in right as we went into the other one. Okay. No, I, I actually, uh, I Googled uh, jujitsu in Mesa, mm-hmm. and I did two classes at Rough House that mm-hmm. used to be where uh, OS uh, uh, physical therapy was. Yeah. yeah. And then and then I did two classes there with Gerson, and then I went over to see Paul, mm-hmm. like, after, like, a business trip. Wait, and you're telling me you took a class with Gerson and you didn't stay there? Well, it wasn't his school, though. It wasn't his school. I get a pass on that one. I, I get a pass. Uh, plus, he was a brown belt, dude. No, uh, I'm just loser. kidding. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, so I went over um, off a business trip. Went yeah, On my way home, I drove up and uh, went to check it out because mm-hmm. I saw the light was on. Mm-hmm. And um, they guys, the, you guys were getting ready for pans. So it was like people getting murdered in there. It was like crazy. Like, you know how Paul used to do the sprints and the, you know, wheelbarrow races and I miss that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So every time we do it, people don't show up. Yeah. They quit. (laughs) They quit. I was in like insanely like good shape because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about your relationship with Paul Nava. How did that, how did that develop? I mean, I know obviously you met him Mm -hmm. uh, through, uh, through Daniel and you're, you started, you're going to go into class, but you guys have a really close relationship. Yes. I always tell people Paul and Leslie are like my second parents. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think what brought us closer or like at the beginning was like he said that I reminded him of his daughter. Oh, cool. And so I think his daughter lives in California. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then obviously like when I went through like my whole um, cancer journey, you know, Paul and Leslie were there for me like, you know, yeah. the entire time. So yeah. I don't know. We just created like this really awesome relationship and I love them dearly and I respect them a lot. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. So, so even before I started the podcast, Mm -hmm. I reached out to Paul. I was like, Hey, I'm going to start this podcast. I want to get you on it. Mm -hmm. And you know, Paul crickets. I'm sure I know he's on his phone all the time. So I know he saw it. Right. (laughs) So, uh, crickets. And then I hit him up again. I'm like, Hey man, we just recorded one episode. That's the one you and I did. Mm -hmm. I'd like to get you on the next one. Crickets. Mm -hmm. Third one. Crickets. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And then it's like 1030 at night and he texts me, Hey, I think I'm ready to be on the podcast. I'm like, now it's 1030 (laughs) at night. You know what I mean? So he's like, no, no. So, um, so he says October 8th and I'm like, gotta go into a wedding. And you're like, what wedding? My kid's wedding. So uh, <laughs> can't skip still, it. Yeah. Still trying to make it work. But yeah. yeah. So anyway, but yeah, um, Paul's, you know, he's always been really, really fond of you. I mean, you know, obviously, right. You guys go, you guys have been through a lot together. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so did you ever, did you ever, um, compete as a, as a white belt or, or when you got your blue belt? Yeah. So I did a couple tournaments. Didn't go how I wanted, but, you know, like, I don't know, just going out there and, like, everyone, like, cheering for you, yep. you kind of just black out. I think everyone kind of goes through that. Yep. Um, but, you know, training would go great, and then as soon as, like, you get on the mats, it's just, like, you forget everything. There's something that just happens, yeah. Literally. And, you know, I, I definitely do want to compete more. It's yeah. Just right now, it's just not the right time. But I did do my first um, tournament as a blue belt last year, and 
and I think it was like eight years since I competed. Yeah. But that was honestly like the first time I felt like clear. Like yeah. I went in with like a clear headspace. Like, you know, the girl that I went against, she was freaking amazing. Alexis yeah. Frederick, yeah. I think her name is. Like yeah. girl competes all the time. Like she's really, really good. So I'm like, all right, like this is a good yeah. person that I should get back into. But you know, um, I learned a lot and I was just happy that like I didn't black out. Like I yeah. Yeah. I knew what was going on the entire time and then you know she called me I think like an Americana and then I yeah. was like, Yeah, I'm gonna tap. It happens. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I don't need to prove anything. Like this was enough. Yeah. So yeah. it was just like something to like dip my toes in and you know. Yeah. Now I like I definitely want to. It's just I'm not training a lot. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think you and I met, like you were still I mean, you're you were really young when we met. Uh, I don't think you were twenty one yet. And, uh, yeah, yeah. maybe and, like 20, yeah, maybe 20. Yeah. And, um, I remember, you know, you, you would come in and there was a group of you, like the, the, the women's team kind of grew and then it kind of shrank and then it grew and shrank, but you were always the consistent one. Yeah. And I was then like addicted to yeah. it. Like sometimes I would train like twice a day, three to four times a week. Like I wish I had that time now. Yeah. 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 yeah it Take fun. it for granted. Right? Yeah. I know. How often are you training now? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jalisa. How Nava, often? Nava, get on the phone, buddy. I think. <laughs> In the last month, I think I went like once. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's that was bad. Yeah. That's probably like the, the longest I've gone without training. So. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. But I mean, have you been consistent like somewhat? You know, and then and yeah, then decently, like, you know, like in your future. Two or three times I was at least training like a couple months ago. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, it gets the blood flowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what was it about competition? Like, I got sucked in early in mm-hmm. competition because now I don't think he gave us a choice back then yeah. you know what I mean it was Very like little, hey yeah. you're signing up for this I'm like alright mm-hmm. what what was it that wanted that? I mean obviously you have a you have a athletic background with, with softball mm-hmm. and was it was it that just you know you needed something competitive to get, to get that urge out or what was it honestly I think it's just kind of putting yourself out there in like situations and um, you know I don't know I don't even know what I was thinking at the time I just wanted to sign up and then see what kind of happened there but yeah you know, one of these days, I would love to win gold. That would be, like, my ideal. I yeah. think everyone's, like, yeah. ideal goal. Yeah. Nobody wants, no one's aiming for second place. There's only no. one happy person <laughs> at the end of the tournament. You're last, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, you know, just kind of getting that experience. And, you know, it takes a lot of guts getting out there. Yeah. And I always tell people when, like, you know, they get upset about losing or whatever, it's like, dude, like, you should be proud of yourself for, like, at least stepping out on the mats. And, yeah. Like, doing that because a lot of people don't even have that in them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you learn a lot about yourself. I mean, honestly, like I tell people like jujitsu for me, it like it peeled me open Mm -hmm. and I found out like who I really was Mm -hmm. thanks to it. And I was, I was much older than you when I started much (laughs) older than you when I started, I think I had kids older than you when I started, but yeah, but, uh, but it, it, it literally, I mean, People talk about them, you know, jujitsu saving their life, you know, mm-hmm. weight wise and stuff like that. And yes, it did all of that. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was more of a mental shift. Like my whole life changed because of it. Like my career, everything changed. So it's, awesome. it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. But um, so let's let's fast forward just a little bit. And I'm mm-hmm. going to jump around a little bit yeah. because, um, you know, I, I kind of followed like, you know, your whole journey. And um, I and, and, you know, we can go as deep into this or not as you choose. But book. yeah, right on. <laughs> so um shortly after, you know, um I started, you know, you were kind of phasing yourself out. You had other stuff going on in your mm-hmm. life. You were traveling a ton, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we get news that Julissa has cancer. Tell me about how that started and yeah. how you got the news. And I know I'm getting choked up just thinking about this. Oh, no. <laughs> so um because I come from a family that's dealt with that. Mm-hmm. So uh, how did that how, just kind of tell me how that, how that all transpired. Okay. So uh, back in July of 2014, I went to Europe 
and I went to this music festival called Tomorrowland. And if you guys don't know what Tomorrowland is, like, I highly suggest to like YouTube it. Okay. It's freaking insane. Well, anyways, first day I met my Aussie lover, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Dug my closet. We'll go into that later. Yeah, yeah. we'll go into that later. <laughs> um, but he's a big part of my journey. So, yeah. um, so, you know, like after I came back from Europe, um, we started doing long distance. And that's kind of like when the symptoms like kind of started like appearing. Yeah. And what kind of time, symptoms? So I had like this nagging cough, like mm. a smoker's cough. And I yeah. don't smoke. Yeah. I smoke weed, but like I don't smoke cigarettes. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, and so like, you know, whenever it would be on like FaceTime or whatever, um, you would always tell me like, you need to go get that checked out. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, not really too concerned about it. But then I would tell him like, I would just like start itching my legs, like my feet and my legs like all the time. And then I started like getting like these circular like scars mm. and they kind of look like ringworm. Oh, yeah. okay. So, like, these started, like, appearing all over my legs, and, like, you know, I just kind of brush it off, put tea tree oil, whatever. And then <clears throat> when I went to Australia the first time, um, the cough started, like, progressively getting worse. And so that was back in November of 2014. And then I went to, um, like, a general practice doctor or whatever, um, and he just gave me antibiotics. Mm -hmm. He just thought I was, like, it was a cold. So with the antibiotics, the cough went away, and you know, back to my living my little life. And then back in January of 2015, the cough came back. Mm. <clears throat> and so that's when we kind of decided like, okay, I want to move to Australia for a whole year, do the whole like travel work visa. Um, and so I got approved for that. And then I moved to Australia March of 2015. Mm -hmm. I was still having this cough. And then, you know, my legs were like a mess. And then, uh, you know, it was from, like, March 2015 to, like, you know, several weeks later, um, these other symptoms started approaching, like, shortness of breath, and, you know, the cough was getting worse, and then what really, like, threw me off was that, like, I would take a shower at night, go to bed, and then I would wake up in, like, a puddle of sweat. Oh, wow. And so then he was like, you really need to go get that checked out. And so I went to the doctor again at the same place, but a different doctor, and she ordered me a CAT scan, so I got that done um, beneath, like, the building below. And, you know, she was just, like, kind of feeling, like, my lymph nodes and, you know, just asking questions. And so as soon as we left, um, I think it was, like, five minutes till they closed. And then she said, like, I really need you to come back, like, right now. And I'm like, Whoa. okay, uh -oh. <laughs> not, not yeah. knowing what it could be. I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. And so we both drove, drove back, and then I'm sitting in her chair, and then she's, like, explaining to me, like, what she thinks I have. And then she said, Hodgkin, I, what I think you have is Hodgkin's lymphoma. And, like, you know, me being young and naive, like, I, I just know about the cancers, like, cervical cancer, breast yeah. cancer, like, prostate. Like, I don't know what Hodgkin's lymphoma is. Yeah. And so when she said that, I was like, what is that? And she's like, it's, it's a blood cancer. And I was like, like, I just started, like, bursting. I'm like, how can this happen? I'm 22. Like, I'm young. Healthy. Like, I'm healthy. You're an athlete. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't eat the best, whatever. <laughs> like, all the processed sugar. Like, I still don't know how I got that, but, like, I'm assuming, like, the shitty food that I eat. You think a, so? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> and so then when she told me that, you know, I was just a complete mess. And then, um, you know, Blaine took me home. We, he called his parents right away. His mom's a nurse. Um, so she was there for us. And I, I don't know if we went to the hospital after that or no, I think we went home. Kind of blurry now. Yeah, sure. Um, but I'm glad that 
we were there and his parents were home um, because they really helped with like finances and being there for me and everything. So um, I went to the actual hospital a couple days later and I didn't have insurance <laughs> at the time. Wow. And so everything was done on the tables with the doctors in Australia. And of course, like my in-laws, they paid for everything out of pocket, like all the scans and stuff that I need to get done. And then pretty much the doctors told me that like, need to go back to America and get treatment and be with your family and, and go to Mayo Clinic. And they just kept saying, like, Mayo Clinic. And so I was like, okay, well, then my my father-in-law he and my mother-in-law, they booked me a ticket, like, three days later wow. back to America. And I'll go back to, like, you know, when we broke the news sure. to my parents. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so everything just kind of happened really fast. And the doctors over there, they gave me enough medications to, like, get me through the next couple of days until I can go see the doctor. But I had to be, like, on a steroid, a blood thinner, and something else. How, how advanced was it when you caught it? They said it was stage four. So that sounds really scary, but each cancer has, like, their own stages. Mm. Um, but, you know, the doctor did tell me, she was like, out of all the cancers, like, this is the one that is, like, the most curable. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So, okay. but, you know, like... And still sucks. Yeah, it's still cancer. Sucks. Yeah, yeah, it still cancer sucks. Cancer sucks, but, like, you know, that was a little promising, and I was like, okay... <clears throat> Um, but yeah, so that night I was like, I can't tell my parents, like you have to call my parents. And so <laughs> laying on the phone with my dad, cause you know, it was a lot easier to, you know, not a lot easier, but you know, easier to tell him than my mom. Yeah. I felt like no harder to tell him than my mom. Yeah. And so when he told my dad, like my poor dad, <laughs> yeah, he's a big teddy bear. Yeah. You see him like, he's like this big macho, like Mexican dude, but like back <laughs> in his younger days, he was like a stud. Yeah. Like, Nothing faced him, but yeah. as soon as Blaine told him that um, I had cancer, he like just started bursting out into tears, yeah. and I started crying. I was like, "Oh my god!" And then you know, my mom was in the other room, and I'm like, "You can't just get up and like bring her the phone." So I had to hang up with him, call my mom, <laughs> and then my mom she answered, and then Blaine told her, and she was just like, "Okay, tell me what I need to do." Like, wow. she's like ready to go to war. Yeah, yeah like literally, like yeah. what do I like? You guys do like what you need to do over there, and I'll just you know get what I need to like do over here yeah so my mom started getting on it like right away and then yeah i think like my sister or someone like posted about you know my news and then i just got so much like like people like so many people like reaching out to me and so much love and support and like i'll never forget that like i actually wrote down like every person's name like my little journal and like i just wanted to like say thank you and blah yeah. blah, blah so but yeah, so everyone that has been like a part of this journey, like I'm still like entirely grateful for. Yeah. Try not to cry. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was like, like very eye opening at that time. Like, oh my god, like I have so much support from people. Like I have to get through this. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So sorry. That's okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, we arrived in America. I think it was like the last day of April, and then literally I had an appointment at Mayo Clinic the next day. So I was, like, super jet lag. Like, it was, like, 30 hours of flying. Like, it was insane. Were, um, were the Australian doctors in touch with the U.S. doctors at the time? No. no. So it was kind of like a fresh Literally, start. like, they gave me my paperwork <clears throat> and everything that they did and then just, like, sent me on my way with, like, my medications. Wow. And, yeah. I don't remember, like, the guy that was interning, but, like, the doctor that um, that helped me, his name is Do Dr. Dominic Pepperell. And I actually went back to go see him when I moved back to Australia just to, like, say hi and, That's like, cool. thank you and stuff. So, um, but, yeah, so I went to Mayo Clinic, and, you know, the doctor there, I don't really remember his name, but, like, he was kind of, like, bashing the doctors in Australia. 
And I didn't like that. And, you know, he was kind of giving me false hope and saying, like, they should have never diagnosed you with something like that. Like, you're too young to, like, you know, be be diagnosed with cancer. And, like, this could be, like, valley fever or, like, something else. Mm. And so, you know, me being young and, like, oh, my God, I might not have cancer. I might have to – might not go through chemo. might not have to lose my hair. Like, all these things were, like, going through my head. Yeah. And just to, like, find out – and, like, he comes in, he looked like a little dog with a tail in between his leg to, like, you know, break the news, like, oh, it's cancer. So you went through that whole thing again. Literally, like, gave me false hope. Yeah. And yeah. nothing <clears throat> against, like, the doctors at Mayo Clinic, but, like, that one specifically, like, he should have never bashed the doctors yeah, in ma'am. Australia. Name him. I know. Yeah. I, I wish I could. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, 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 so was, there, was there a delay? Was there, was there a time gap from the time he bashed the doctors and gave you false hope mm-hmm. to the time he said, Hey, they're right. How much time was, how much, how much of a gap was that? Literally, I was sitting in the chair for like two and a half hours. Okay. Okay. I'm just sitting there thinking like all the good things. And then he comes in. I'm like, dude. Yeah. Really? You just like have told me that I had cancer and then like gave me false hope like that. He just kept his mouth shut. Yeah. Literally. Until he knew. So during from like, yeah. So from like May to June 5th, um, June 5th was when my, when I had my first chemo, Mm. um, it was so hard to get in with any doctors. So, you know, it was a bunch of like, you know, who did we know? Like, what doctor could get us in? Like, uh, my sister, she has a really good friend who is a naturopath doctor, and her doc- her name is Dr. Um, Shardside Arona, and she referred me to a naturopath doctor, Dr. Um, Dan Rubin, and he's up in Scottsdale. So while I was going through chemo, I was also going to a naturopath and getting, you know, like, uh, vitamin IVs, like, after every treatment. So, yeah. like, that played a really big part in my journey as well. So I got to see him, and then finally I got in. Um, I think I'm trying to think who helped me. I think it was her name was um, I think her name was Diane Paradise. She was one of my sister's friends, but okay. she gave me the referral to go to Ironwood. And then you know who else? Um, oh my god, I'm freaking blanking. She, tra- <laughs> she okay. trains at she trains at your academy. She was like really into like. So Melissa? Yes. Yeah. Melissa. Veselovsky. Yes. Yeah. Melissa. Sorry, Melissa. Um, (laughs) But yeah, she helped as well. So, you know, trying to get in with like the best doctors, like it was almost nearly impossible. But because I had some people kind of helping and like referrals and stuff, I was able to get in um, with Ironwood up on Shea and um, Tatum. Yeah. And so, no, Scottsdale and Tatum. Oh, Scottsdale and Tatum. Okay. And so, yeah, I had my first chemo on... June 5th, and that was just a very long, excruciating day. Like, I think I was there for, like, eight hours. What's chemo like? What 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 is it, like, um, tell me the process. Like, what do you have to do? I, mean, I know it's like, I, every time I see, like, a friend going through it, it's mm-hmm. like they're sitting in a chair and they're reading a book and they're getting fed this IV. Yeah. So uh, what, what, is, what does that room feel like? What does it smell like? It's like what so is, cold. Yeah. It's so cold, but luckily I had, like, a nice view. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> cool. Because the view was facing the mountains. Nice. I don't know which mountains they were, but. The uh, you think so? Mm-hmm. Over or there? Scottsdale? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's kind of next to Oso. <clears throat> that Oso over there on Scottsdale. Oh, yeah. yeah, we definitely mm-hmm. meet McDowell's then, yeah. Yeah, so I had, like, a nice view, um, but, yeah, you're sitting, like, in a recliner and then. You know, it's just a very long process of, like, the nurse is checking on you, and then... Um, the landscapers here, the dogs are going crazy, so <laughs> we're just going to have to deal with that. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and so pretty much with the type of chemo that I had, it was four different drugs. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me what they sure, are, yeah. but it's a- ABVD. And, you know, it was just, like, 
don't even know how to explain it, but, like, whenever they, like, injected you with, like, a new drug, like, you just feel, like, this coldness, like, mm. going through your body. Mm. And then all you can think about is just, like, oh, my God, like, these drugs are killing, literally killing every cell in my body. Yeah. And so, you know, it was very emotional, like, the first couple of times I got chemo. And then after that, it was just, all right, just give it to me already. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I knew it was working. I knew it was going to help me get through this. And so, but, yeah, it kind of burned, too. Yeah. yeah. The drugs definitely burned. Um, Did you meet anybody in that room that was going through the same thing you were going through, like, in the chemo room that you kind of kept in touch with or talked to or anything like that? Um. So I did meet um, older people. Like, yeah. I, I don't remember their names, but unfortunately they ended up passing away. Oh, okay. But, you know, there were some awesome people that I, I did get to meet, and, you know, they really did help me, like, get through that as well. But um, but because I was there for, like, four or five hours at a time, and then I had to go back every two weeks, um, it was always, like, I, I always had it on a Friday, so I can have, you know, Saturday and Sunday to, like, recover. recover. yeah. Um, and then it was always like my mom, Blaine and dad that would be there and then they would kind of like swap out. That's cool. You know? And so my mom, she would always pack like yummy snacks and, you know, I had like my big jug of water. I drank a lot of water. Yeah. Just to like kind of flush everything out. Yeah. And then the following week is when I would have my IV. Um, so I was like in and out of the doctor's offices, like a lot. Yeah. And after then, your session, like, were you like completely drained? Like how does, how did you feel afterwards? Well, so after the first chemo, like my body went into shock. And because it was June, June 5th, you know, it's hot as hell outside. Yep. I had body chills. And wow. so I was like literally like shaking. Um, and so I just remember like I, I got home and I was so lethargic and I was so cold. And I just remember like Blaine just like holding me and like giving me like body heat and like, you know, just like keeping me warm. I um, remember you posting about that. Really? I remember you posting. Yeah. Some, <laughs> something along the same lines. Yeah. 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 It was. Yeah, it's just crazy, like, what what those drugs do to your body. Yeah. It's, like, complete shock. Um, but, yeah, so, like, then – and then I always tell people, like, if you get diagnosed with cancer, like, you need to, like, buy a vape because smoking weed or, like, vaping or whatever, yeah. it, like, helped my entire journey 100%. Like, how, how so? Well, one, I didn't have an appetite, <laughs> and I felt nauseous all the time. So, yeah. you know, like, instead of them, you know, giving me all these prescription drugs to, like, you know, help me my appetite or whatever, I just smoked weed. Yeah. And because, you know, I've been smoking for a while now. We um, lost another listener. Mom, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mom. It's recreational <clears throat> use, I swear. Yeah. Um, but I'm a, bit ab- I'm a big advocate for it, and yeah. it, it did help me. Yeah. And so I actually have some people right now that are going through treatment, and I'm like, you need to buy this vape. And you need to, like, start doing this as soon as you start to feel nauseous after treatment. And, like, I'll get into that in a second. Sure. But, yeah, so I had, like, this badass vape. And, like, my dad being from, like, a small town in Guadalupe, um, you know, you either make it or you become a druggie. And mm. so weed for him was, like, such a big deal. Yeah. And so he was always so against it. Yeah. And But as soon as I was diagnosed, he was like, we need, we need to do whatever it takes to make you feel better. And I'm Aww. like, okay. <laughs> and so literally after treatment, I'd be like lighting up my vape, smoking in the back of his truck. Like they literally let me do whatever I wanted to yeah. get me to feel better. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, but yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of cute in a way. Like after treatment, it was like kind of our thing, like to go eat breakfast afterwards and then like, you know, go to the movies or do yeah. something, you know? Yeah. So it was kind of like always like a little adventure. So yeah. It was nice. So you you talked about uh, doing your, your chemo every other week on <laughs> Friday so that yeah. you have the weekend to recover. Tell yeah. me about the day after chemotherapy. What's that like? Lazy. 
I didn't want to do anything. Yeah. But actually, during <clears throat> the time of you know my treatment, I was still going to the gym a lot. Okay. So like Blaine was a a big gym guy. And so we would just go super late at night when like no one was there. Yeah. And because my sleep schedule was so like off, uh, we would go out to eat a lot and then, you know, kind of just rest and chill during the day. And then we would go to the gym after when no one was there and just like go to the pool, go to the sauna, you know. So I was still like very active when I yeah. was going through treatment. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after he went back to Australia, like I got a job at Fight Ready, like super part time. I remember that, Yeah. And, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. And then <laughs> I was still going to school. So I was working, going to school. And then, you know, I had treatment and yeah. I was still trying to like hang out with my friends and do stuff. Like I, I really didn't want it to like affect my life too much. Yeah. Um, but there were some times where I was just like, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Was it, was it something like you're like, because of the chemo, the energy was just low or is it just something like you felt maybe alone or, and you just wanted to be away from people? You were kind of. I hate to yeah. use the word depression, but I mean, yeah. I just, I just think of like how I would feel. I'd yeah. be, I'd be a disaster. Yeah. Well, I know there was a time like in July. Oh, and then, so during chemo, um, you have the option to get like a port. Okay. And so I got my first port actually got infected oh, no. with staph. And so there was a time in July that I was like hospitalized for like a whole week. Yeah. And so they had to remove that port. I had a pick line. And then once that was all good and healed, then I got my second port that worked so much better. So I actually have like a gnarly ass scar. Um, wow. Yeah. Not happy about that. Sorry. So, so <laughs> uh, were you able to treat it like, like normally or because of the chemo? Was there something special they had to do? Yeah. So because before every chemo, they have to check your blood. Um, you know, they have to do blood work to make sure that you're even like a good candidate to like have chemo that day. So they actually pushed back my chemo a couple weeks until that was like good and all cleared up. So yeah. So yeah. So what was the question? No, I was just asking, um, <laughs> I was just asking like because of the staph oh, infection. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, obviously <clears throat> I was depressed during that time. Like, you know, I'm just laying there and like by this time, like I've lost so much weight because yeah. like I didn't want to eat in the hospital. Like I, I looked like skin and bones. It's really sad. But what really made me sad during that time was um, that music festival, Tomorrowland, was happening, um, you know, during the time that I was in the hospital. So, like, I was, like, really bummed because, like, you know, literally a year ago I was, like, having the time of my life, partying, dancing, like, having fun. So It's kind of like the anniversary of, your like, your symptoms, huh? Literally. And so I think that was, like, the only, like, lowest point. But I I did try to keep, like, a good positive mindset throughout the whole thing. Yeah. You know, the doctors did say, like, I have to put my life on hold for six months, seven months at this time. But, you know, just give them six months of just, you know, going through this, and then I can be back to living my best little life. Wow. And so I just kept telling myself, like, this is going to pass, it's going to pass. And, like, the prognosis was, like, you know, getting better each each treatment. And I think I was actually, like, considered um, cured, even though I don't like using that word. But, you know... I was good to go, like, after, like, the fourth treatment. Wow. Okay. And so by this time, I already lost my hair. Yeah. Um, so it really didn't matter. But I, I asked the doctor, I'm like, do I have to continue treatment even though, like, I'm good to go? And he's like, yeah, like, we're going to finish out the rest of the rounds, like, just to make sure it's, like, effective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean – Look, I got two questions, but first yeah. I want to go back to the doctors in Australia. You said they did a lot of stuff under the table to help you. Yeah. How, how did that work? I mean, obviously you're going to a hospital talking to doctors who don't know you, yeah. right? Like what, what was it? 
like how would that relationship develop where they're like, yeah, we're going to help you until we get you to Mayo Clinic? Um, to be honest, I don't remember. <clears throat> it, like, honestly, like appointments and everything like that, um, it's kind of a blur to me just yeah. because I let like my mother-in-law kind of take over and like my parents. And so I just, I don't remember like what they did. I just remember like it could have been a lot more expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and so you had mentioned that you didn't have insurance. So mm-hmm. how was the chemotherapy being paid for here? Um, so yeah, so my mom, bless her heart, but she ended up canceling my insurance when I, you know, went away because mm. I looked healthy, you yeah. know, she didn't want to have to pay for her insurance and I get it like yeah. nothing against her. Um, well, it's expensive. It's very, expensive. it's crazy expensive. Yeah. But I'm very fortunate. I don't have any bills. I don't have any hospital bills. Like Beautiful. everything was paid for. Um, but yeah, so I got on any insurance that I could, yeah. um, that Mayo actually Mayo was the one that helped me get on an insurance. Oh, good. And then I ended up getting um, access. So, and then because everyone's so amazing and like all the donations and GoFundMe, like that really helped out, like paying for my natural path, like my IVs and everything. So, uh, yes, I didn't have to pay for much out of pocket. Good. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm very fortunate about that. Yeah. Yeah. You had a lot of support. A lot of support. So, yeah. So, how how did the uh, naturopath, treatments how did that help you i mean you were doing vitamin treatments and stuff like that and i was also taking like a lot of supplements too okay i don't remember what supplement like but i had like this binder and you know it listed everything that i needed for like my heart and you know like vitamin d and just all types i don't remember what i was taking i was just taking it yeah yeah (laughs) whatever might help right whatever yeah so were, were you feeling better i mean as they said your fourth treatment you're you're quote unquote cured but they wanted to finish how many more treatments did you do um, so a total of six rounds. So I did like, it was six rounds, but I had to go 12 times. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so, okay. But yeah. So yeah, my last chemo was November 23rd of 2015. So wow. I got diagnosed April 23rd of 2015. And then my last chemo was November 23rd. So like 23 is like very sentimental to me for like other reasons too. But yeah. But yeah. Michael Jordan. Is that one of them? Michael Jordan, <laughs> but 23, like, was the best year of, like, you know, it was the year that I got cured. Yeah. And so I did a lot of traveling, flew back to Australia. You know, that's when, like, at the time, Blaine and Gate, like, proposed to me. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, 23 is very sentimental. That's awesome. Yeah. So do they have to, uh, like, follow up with you, like, a year later to, like, redo blood tests, make sure, like, it doesn't come back? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so now that it's been so long... Um, it's almost going to be seven years now. So I just go back once a year. Okay. I just go back for like my annual visit. Okay. I don't, I don't even, I haven't even gone back to like the cancer, um, place yet because COVID. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And so they didn't really want any like unnecessary appointments, just like people that are going there for treatment. So I just have like a GP now, um, that I just do like my annual blood work. Great. And then she sends it to them. Okay. So So. what, what was the day? I mean, everybody talks about the, the remission date. Right. How how was that? Was that November as well? Where they said thumbs up? Um, it was actually in August. August yeah. of the following year. Yeah, August sometime in August. So I think it was August fourteenth. Okay. Fifteen. Wow. I'm really good dates. Yeah, that's really good. I'm really impressed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I forget everything. There's no way I remember all those dates. Yeah. But I want to talk about my fundraiser. Let's talk yeah. about your fundraiser. My fundraiser. Yes. That was the best day ever. Yeah. I, wanted, I have like five top days, and that was definitely one of my. The best. one at Fight Ready. Mm-hmm. We were there. 
Were we? Um, I was out of town. I remember when it would happen. I was there. And I couldn't uh. make it. I'm, I'm a loser. <laughs> You're lost. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, let's talk kidding. about that. Um, but yeah, so as soon as I got diagnosed, Paul and Leslie were like on top of it. They like knew what they wanted to do to like help me. And so that's when they got with Jim Wade and um, Dave Zoni, who's the owner of Fight Ready. Yeah. Um, and they were so sweet and so nice to let us have this fundraiser there. Um, but yeah, that was a Sunday, June 14th. And it was just, like, a very, like, emotional, like, intense day. Like, I'm yeah. just, like, I don't even know, like, half the people that were there. But, like, I'm so entirely grateful for them. Yeah. And, yeah, it was just an, a wonderful day. Yeah. And I look back at the videos, um, you know, because the news people came. Yep. I remember yeah. that. Oh, yep. I do remember that. Yeah. I'm like, I got choked <laughs> up. <laughs> I'm, like, I was just. I'm just such a different person now than I was like, I was just so scared and so vulnerable and like, I didn't know what was like the road like ahead. And so like, you can definitely like hear like in my voice, yep. like how scared I was. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, being kind of like stage fright and like in front of like the camera, it's just like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was literally one of my best days. That's awesome. I remember, I remember going to that, to that, um, it was basically a, a giant fundraiser mm -hmm. and there were so many people there. <clears throat> and what I always tell people is, um, you know, it's important to be part of a community, sure. whatever the community is, right? If you're into race cars, be a part of a race car community. Mm -hmm. Jiu-Jitsu is a giant community because for some reason, just because you do the same activity, people rally. Yep. Oh, for sure. And it doesn't mm -hmm. matter who you are, right? I mean, it's I see it all the time. You know, when we had, we have fundraisers all the time mm -hmm. and people, I mean, like instructors that have schools that don't even, I hate to say this, they don't allow their students to train in other places. They mm -hmm. come. Yeah. And they bring all their students and everybody donates, you know, whether it's time or money or whatever. Yeah. And uh, that that was probably one of the bigger ones I've seen. Sure. Yeah. And then, you know, I always tell people like jujitsu will always have like a special place in my heart. Mm. Um, just because I saw like the jujitsu community come together for me, for Zandra, you know, for Ashley. And then, you know, I've been kind of following this guy um, who who trains out of fight sports. Mm. You guys know him? Ben Kunkel? No, no, I don't think so. No. Well, anyways, I think he was training for like a really big tournament mm -hmm. and he ended up getting paralyzed. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like insane. And so they've been doing a lot of like fundraising and like people from like all over have been. I'm sure you've seen I think him. I do know now, now that you mentioned but, that. But like I've been following, I've been following like his recovery, but it's just like, it's just amazing to see how many people come together to, you know, help someone. Yeah. Yeah. So I always tell people, like, that's why I freaking love jujitsu. It's just, like, uh, one, it changed me. Yeah. And then, two, the people that I get to meet and what it did for me when I was going through, like, that scary time in my life. So Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about your comeback. Comeback. Your comeback. <laughs> so uh, you've been out of jujitsu for a couple of years, but, you know, traveling, yeah. and then you got you got sick, and then let's talk about how that happened. How did you decide, you know what, I want to put that belt back on? Because you got your blue belt after remission right 13 no i actually before. i had it before yeah. got it okay yeah. okay november 2013 got it okay mm -hmm. okay so you're, you're you got a blue belt mm -hmm. and you hadn't trained in a little while i'm not yeah. saying you had you had an excuse but you had a hell of an excuse <laughs> yeah so obviously i i didn't want to be training during that time yeah um but even i didn't really start training jujitsu until last year that's yep. when i like really got back into it yeah um, but no, so after I was told that I'm in remission, I was like, all right, I'm packing my bags and I'm moving back to Australia. Yeah. And so I was, you know, that was November. I moved back to Australia February. Oh, wow. Of 2016. Okay. Yeah. 
And that was kind of like me taking the year off to like get back into the swing of things, you know, get back to training and, you know, just kind of feeling good. Yeah. And not to mention like my hair, (laughs) the growth, like my hair growth at the time was just like out of control. Like, (laughs) you know, like I, I have my dad's hair and Mm. he had an Afro growing up. And so my hair was growing back like super curly and like super afro. So it was like a very awkward time. Like, <laughs> but you know, that's so that sounds so stupid. And like I always tell people, like, especially like women, because we care so much about like the, our appearance and the way, like, especially like our hair too. Like yeah. when I got diagnosed, like I immediately just thought about like the way I look. And yeah. I feel so stupid for like ever even like feeling that way about myself. And, you know, I got to have so much fun when my head was shaved and like wearing the wigs that I did. Yeah. And I like encourage people like, you know, hair is just hair. Like that shit's going to grow back. Yeah. Especially if like a woman's like a girl's going through chemo, like go and try a different hairstyle, like try different wigs. Like, you know, you can be a different person every single time. Yeah. It's fun. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so I went through like this awkward like hair stage when I was going, when I was living over there. Um, but besides that, like, I was traveling every three months out of the country. Yeah. And so uh, that was because of my visa, and I got to do a lot of fun things. That's cool. That's cool. And I did try a, a jiu-jitsu gym, but it was, like, very short-lived. I'm like, this doesn't feel like Paul's. I don't like it. In Australia? Was In it Australia. Australia. Okay. What was that like? Um, It was interesting. Well, so at the gym that I was training at, Roar Fitness, um, it was actually, like, a startup there. So it was like a blue belt and a brown belt at the time. Okay. So I was like the only like blue belt girl. So it, I don't know. I, I should have went to like a different academy yeah. to like kind of get that feel. But we like train at Paul Nava's. It's kind of hard. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to beat, man. It's kind of hard to find that like, you know, that family. And yeah. That family like, you know. Well, especially, especially, especially how close you are with Paul and Leslie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I know. I know. Um. When I when I left uh, Paul's to start my own academy, mm. I don't want to say it felt dirty, but the mats at Paul's are sacred to me. You know what I mean? They yeah. are they're sacred ground to me. So yeah. being on on other mats, even even though they're mine, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm part of owner. Um, it's still hard. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I can imagine going to a whole other academy. So yeah, um, yeah that's got to be a little weird. Yeah, for sure. But um, you know, so I stopped doing that and just started like um, weightlifting and stuff, and then yeah, did some traveling and then. My visa was up, and so then that's when, you know, Blaine and I were like, all right, well, what are we going to do? Either, like, are we going to have to get married or, like, kind of go our ways? And then that's when we figured out that we were going to get married. Wow, <laughs> cool. Okay. Did you get married in Australia? No, we moved back. So, like, I had to do, like, the whole, like, fiancé visa. Yep. Um, did that, got approved. So, like, the day that you land in the States, you have 90 days to get married. Oh, wow. So, it's literally like that TV show, like, 90 days. <laughs> Not <laughs> as crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was like very intense for like the first 90 days. Yeah. Trying to figure out like when's a good time. Like when, when can your family come? When can like, you know. Yeah. So just planning that. Um, but yeah, so then once I moved back from Australia, which was March of 2017, just, you know, trying to get back into like living at the state, like in yeah. the States and getting situated. And so I was... Still not training jiu-jitsu, but I always knew I wanted to go back. Yeah. 
And then I started doing CrossFit. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I, know, I know. Everyone hates CrossFit. Yeah. But I give so much thanks to CrossFit because it literally changed my body. Like, mm. I am so much stronger now. Yeah. Going and like, so doing that for like two years and then getting back into Jiu Jitsu, like, it's like a total game changer. Yeah. Like, I feel like a freaking tank. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But like, in a good way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now, does yeah. your husband do Jiu Jitsu? Um, so I guess I should say this, but we're not together at the moment. Oh, I'm sorry to say. It's okay. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. only it's fine. <clears throat> um, but yeah, Blaine tried jujitsu at Paul's. Okay. He like Paul really wanted him to go. Yeah. And, and someone like went hard on him and like almost messed up his knee, and so uh, he was like kind of turned off. I'm like, who did that? I could name three people that it might be. It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. No, so Brandon he, Walker. <laughs> no, I don't think he was there, but um. Yeah, so he was kind of turned off. He wanted to get into it, but yeah. low-key, like, jiu-jitsu is kind of, like, my thing. Yeah, so, that's cool. Like, yeah. That's cool. And, you know, I did date someone, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he was training at Paul's as well, and it just... It was a little awkward. It was a little awkward. Yeah. And so I'd rather this be my thing, and then if, you know, whoever wants, whoever I end up with or whatever, yeah. they want to train jiu-jitsu, like, go somewhere else. Yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. is, like, my little happy place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's going to be, like, the rules, like, if, you yeah. know, it ever becomes, you know. That's good. That's good. So so tell me tell me about what you're doing now. Um, you know, obviously, you were really active when other, you know, jiu-jitsu students were going through their, you know, uh, cancer journeys. Mm -hmm. Are you still mentoring people? Are you still reaching out to people? Are you still doing that kind of stuff, staying active? Yeah, so, obviously, like, if anyone comes to me, like, I'm here all the time. But, you know, if I see someone that is, you know, just got diagnosed with cancer, they're going through, like, a hardship, like, I will reach out. You know, I do want to be there for people, like, how they are for me. But, like, you don't, you obviously don't want to, like, overstep your boundaries. Of course. So, like, yeah. you know, I do make it known, like, hey, like, I'm here for you if you need anything. So, but, yeah, I'm always, I'm always there. It doesn't matter what time of the day it is, like. I will be there for anyone who needs someone to talk to. Yeah. How, how does that make you feel? Cause like I can imagine you kind of get like maybe PTSD from like that whole experience. Honestly, it just, I don't know. Like I always tell people like, I'm still trying to like find like my purpose in life. Yeah. And like I was obviously like given like a second chance. Yeah. And so like, I feel like my purpose here is to like help people in any way that I can. If it's, you know, need someone to talk to or hang out like I want to be there for people any way that I can just yeah. like how people were there for me yeah so uh, but yes um well what would you say to uh to young women or 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 girls that are um that have been recently diagnosed that are going through you know um I guess you would call it like uh, appearance Something, issues yeah. like in their head what would you say to those girls like what what can they look forward to what can they how can they cope with that kind of stuff um, so I would definitely say, like, especially with, like, what I went through, because I was so, like, obsessed with the way that I look. Mm. When your looks are, like, stripped away, especially, like, your hair, whatever, um, you have to find other ways to, like, make yourself, like, be known out there. And mm. so I feel like when I went through what I went through, like, my personality has, like, really blossomed. And I had to have, I had to be more than just looks. Um, and so I feel like my personality has definitely changed over the years. And, you know, it just kind of like humbles you. Yeah. Um, and so I do want to like tell people like, it, you have to be more than just the way that you look. You have yeah. to be more than that. Yeah. And yeah, you just have to be a good person. Yeah. Be a good person, be positive. 
Um, just know, like, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, if you do lose your hair, like, there are wigs out there. It's fun. Yeah? It, it honestly, it's fun. Like, <laughs> was, I, I miss it. What was the favorite wig? What was your favorite one? The one that I used to wear all the time. <clears throat> I had, like, a little short bob. Um, and it was, like, this really pretty, like, dark purple. And then I had, like, this fiery red. <laughs> and then when I worked at Fight Ready, um, it was really cute because, like, all the kids would have come up to me and they're like, what wig are you going to wear tomorrow? Uh. Like, I don't know. Whatever matches my outfit. You know what I mean? So kids love that. Huh? I had a lot of fun with it. Um, but, yeah, so. Yeah. You could still wear wigs. Yeah. No, I can't. <laughs> I, I tried. I tried putting one on. And I had, like, this. I don't know how to braid, you know, because you have to braid it a certain way. Like, yeah. I had, like, this bulb. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, but, anyway, so now that... So I'll just get into like the gist of things. So yeah. when, so Blaine moved back to Australia mm-hmm. last June mm-hmm. and then I realized that like I wasn't going to move back with him in October of last year. And so I've been kind of going through like that process. Well, like I've pretty much taken like this entire year off to kind of get back into like the swing of things. Yeah. And so I've been doing, I just been kind of marking things off my bucket list and traveling a bit and you know, anyone that does jujitsu especially females. Um, it's mostly for females. I've actually went to a camp last April in the Bahamas and the camp is with, um, grappling getaways. Okay. And the people who put it, to, put it together are April parks and Katie Hooven. And so they do pretty much like jujitsu camp, jujitsu camps, like all over. Yeah. Sometimes they're like international. Sometimes they're like in the States. Women's and only. So right. the one in the Bahamas was co-ed. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. So that was a lot of fun. So I definitely, like, want to, like, you know, encourage people, like, especially, like, women that do jiu-jitsu, like, just go out there and, like, you know, go to a camp and, yeah. like, meet other people. And so that's something that I really wanted to do this year was, like, I want to meet people that, you know, do jiu-jitsu and, like, travel and, like, go train at other academies and stuff. So yeah. I'm actually going to Seattle tomorrow. Oh, wow. And it's a couple that I met in the Bahamas. Um, Ty, he's a photographer at oh, like yeah. a lot of tournaments. Yeah. And then you've met him. They, they were just in town for the Phoenix Open. They were staying with me. Ty and Katie. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Ty and okay. Katie. Yeah. And so, <coughs> and then Katie, um, she tra- or she competes a lot, like at a lot of a lot of big tournaments. So I'm actually going to be staying with them um, until Wednesday. So get some training done out there yeah and, and how, how did you find the uh the people that do the uh the camp yeah the camps so i think it was um so i know i was working the phoenix open and i was just like you know scrolling and i i follow elizabeth clay oh yeah and she's one of like the instructors there and so she was like posting about it and i'm like ooh, what's this like in the bahamas yeah <laughs> and so <laughs> you know i was like i looked into it i'm like i don't know so i was like kind of hesitant about like should i do it you know and because this was going to be like my first time traveling like internationally by myself. Yeah. Because Blaine was my um, my travel buddy. Yeah. So this was kind of like a big deal. And so, you know, I always believe like if you are thinking about something a lot, you should just do it. Do it. Yeah. yeah. And so I saw it and I was like, they only have like four spots left. Like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And so it was through her post on Instagram, like her Instagram story that I found these ladies and they are so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was literally the best time ever. And, you know, I actually have two more camps with them. So I'm going to Boston in two weeks. Um, and we're going to be in Salem. 
Wow. And it's like a Halloween theme and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then in December, Leslie's actually going with me to New York. Oh, wow. Cool. cool. Mm-hmm. So wow. then we're going to go to Syracuse. So okay. nice. I'll be freezing my ass off. Yeah, but Syracuse <laughs> is beautiful. Yeah. You've been? Yeah, it's beautiful that's up where, there. Yeah. That's where April's from. So she just opened up her own academy with her husband. And yeah, so I'm really excited to check it out. That's, that's cool. Awesome. Are yeah. they going to ever do anything on the West Coast? Um, I think they're actually trying to do something in Seattle. Okay. Where Ty and Katie, I yep. think so. But um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, you know, you had mentioned um, oh gosh, where was I going to go with this? I knew no, I. Know, we've been like. I'm bringing you back. Up. I'm bringing you back. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> so we were talking about your comeback. Yes. Okay, you're no longer a blue belt. You got your purple belt, right? Yeah. When did you get your purple belt? You're, you're good with dates. I can't. This, re- I remember. I was this there. Year. In March. Yeah. I've only been training like a year. Yeah. But Paul thought I was ready. So I'm like, okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It was a fun weekend. So it's very yeah. exciting. There's a lot of people there. Um, yeah. I still can't believe I'm a purple belt. <laughs> Purple's my favorite color. So there you go. I'm all for it. Yeah. No, I, I loved it because it kind of like, I don't know. It kind of like, I don't know if it gave us closure or it closed the loop or mm-hmm. it felt like, you know, I don't know. We always talk about go, coming full circle. But uh, it was really great to see because I was there when you got your – you started before me, so you mm-hmm. already had stripes on your white belt. But I was there when you got your blue belt. Mm-hmm. And then I was there when you got your purple. So I'm really – I'm really uh, – yeah, I'm very proud of that. So Thank that's you. that's really cool. Yeah. Purple's my favorite color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, hang um, on to that one for a while. So, huh. so Just hang on to it. <laughs> yeah. So for people that want to reach out or share their story with you, mm-hmm. where, where can they find you, find you on uh, – or, or follow you, right, mm-hmm. in, your, in your journey through all these uh, camps that you're going to? How can yeah. they find you on uh, social media? Um, so my Instagram name is Jaleesa Lizette and then just find me on Facebook, Jaleesa Lizette. That's actually my middle name. Oh, really? Yeah. What's your last name? Well, it's Day. Day. Okay. But my maiden name is Ramirez. Ramirez. So. I always, I always said it was Lizette. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so lost, lost yeah. more listeners out there. Her family's like, click. <laughs> I listen to this crap. Um, but, uh, but Hey, listen, thank you for sharing your story. Oh I, I'm so glad you were able to do this and, and, um, yes. Yeah, you know, you were on the list of people that I want to. Uh, you were on the whiteboard. You're you're, you're not on there because we got you in. <laughs> but uh, no, um, you know, if 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 anybody got anything out of this out of this podcast, I I uh, highly recommend that you follow Julissa. Um, follow us on Instagram. We're at uh, the BJJ Foxcast, and we also have a fan page on on Facebook. But uh, uh, you got anything, Tojo? Anything to close with? No, that was great. Was, oh. I mean, it's a it's a good story. I mean, cancer touches a lot of people's lives. Yeah, and we don't. It's kind of one of those things that a lot of people don't talk about, especially yeah. their own journey. So it's yeah. nice to hear. I know. Yeah. And it was so nice because I feel like the longer it goes on, like the longer I'm in remission, I'm forgetting things. And I don't want to forget this because, you know, it's such a big, important, like, thing that happened in my life that, like, I just want to always remember it. So yeah. Thank you for inviting me. I was actually kind of shocked that you, like, asked me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Well, I remember because it was... It was a Thursday at Paul's, and then you're like, would you want to go on? I was like, what? Like, no one wants to listen to me. And then I was like, wait, no, I want to go on. You got some stuff to say, man. You definitely have some stuff to say. I mean, if it's anything I can, like, leave on this note, it's just, like, I just want people to, like, live their life, you know, just be a positive influence in people's, like, life, and you just never know who, like, you're going to touch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's just what, if I can leave any mark, I want it to be that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, and that's that's a beautiful way to put it. Uh, you know, I, I, I tell people, you know, compete every day because you never know who's watching exactly. and you're, you're going to affect somebody. So thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks. Of course. <laughs>